Hey, TYB on the run. Welcome to the book of Philippians. This is so exciting getting to just read the word over you to encourage you, to strengthen you in whatever you're doing today and whatever you face today, that the word of God is this solid foundation that that we can be strong in on a daily basis. So let's jump into Philippians, Philippians 1. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart And whether I'm in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while while I am in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I'm going to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far, but it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain, and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith, so that through my being with you again, your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on account of me. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved and that by God. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him, since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had and now hear that I still have. Oh, this is such an amazing chapter because as you read it, 
there's this beautiful essence of joy. There's this beautiful essence of, of, of grace and love and appreciation for the church in Philippi from Paul. But we know that this is a prison letter. We know that Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians and Philemon were all written while Paul was in prison in his first Roman imprisonment, which is, is kind of under house arrest at this stage. And you can read this in Acts 28. So I know that Paul is imprisoned while he is writing this letter. Now, from the first point, did you hear one one? It says, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus. I have to say it's amazing that when Paul went to prison or was imprisoned, uh, even though it's house arrest, Timothy just sticks with him. Timothy just keeps going. He doesn't go, oh, well, he's under house arrest. I'm going to leave him now. Timothy has this beautiful commitment to Christ and the calling of Christ on Paul's life to help Paul. And I absolutely love that. And that's why later on in this letter, Paul actually uses Timothy as an example of what to do, an example of a life that 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 is lived. And it's in actually chapter two, and he talks about how Timothy was there and how he's sending Timothy. And it's this beautiful demonstration of Timothy, this loyal um, servant of Christ Jesus. And I absolutely love that. Now we know it's a prison epistle. We know it's a prison letter and we definitely know it's a letter of friendship. How, how do we know that? He's very nice in Philippians. I have to say, you know, when you're reading Corinthians and other letters, you can get this sense when you're reading Galatians, for example, that Paul is quite cranky at the people that he's writing to. But you can really hear the beautiful essence of, of the love between Paul and the Philippian church. He's, there's nothing that has happened between him and this church that has caused him any issue or any offense. And it's this beautiful pastoral heart and a letter of friendship. What does that mean? This friendship is 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 um, reverberated throughout this whole letter of this essence of partnership, and he says it from the very beginning. He says um, he talks about the partnership. I thank my God every time I remember you in all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel. And this partnership, I know, um, you know, you can get this sense of partnership working together. This partnership is actually a financial partnership because he goes on later and says, I'm so proud of what you've been giving. I'm so proud that you don't look to other people to get a demonstration of what to give. You just give generously. And there's this beautiful sense of financial partnership that the Philippi Church has with Paul. Now, did you hear it from the very beginning? Did you notice also from in the in the beginning he doesn't kind of ramble on about his CV. When you read Paul's letters there's always you know Paul the servant of Christ Jesus and then he kind of does this CV of 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 who he is and his authority to write it. But he doesn't do that in this letter because these guys are so in partnership. These guys are so beautifully connected that he doesn't need to. He doesn't need to refute any false teachers like he does in other letters. He doesn't need to tell them who he is. They know who he is and they trust him. So there's this beautiful absence of the need of a CV in the beginning. Now, um, I thank my God every time I remember you in all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy. That is such a hard statement to write when you're in prison. But Paul, again, throughout this letter shows us the key of having joy. Joy is not about um, happiness. Joy is not an emotion that is temporary. Joy is something that we have because we have joy in Christ no matter what our circumstances are. You have joy right now even though you must can be or maybe in the worst of circumstances. You can have that joy, that foundation, that strength of salvation because you have that joy in Christ Jesus. And I love the sound of that throughout this whole letter. It says, um, this 
incredible moment. And because I'm a pretty negative person, sometimes when I get negative, I can get on a bit of a ramble. Does anyone do that? And it's like, oh, life, you know, you have the woe is me moment. Oh, everything's going bad. And it's, you know, have this negative ramble. And I have to say, if I wrote to you from prison, you would probably have a negative ramble from Katie Haldane. You'd be like, woe is me, pray for me, but not our Paul. He actually says in 112, which is so counter cultural to what I would probably do. It says, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. See, the thing about Paul's maintaining joy is that he's got to maintain that attitude that this is going to work out, that this is going to work out and and it's going to work out for the gospel. Why? It's not about positivity. I heard a sermon the other day by Mark Kelsey. It was so amazing. And he said, it's not about being a positive Christian. It's about being a faith-filled Christian that walks through circumstances no matter what. Faith isn't just positivity. Faith is a stance. Faith is belief that God will walk us through the valley. He will walk us through that hard times. Faith stands because we know we don't walk through anything alone. And Paul has this moment. He says, as a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace garden to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord. And he's showing them that, guys, even though I'm in this worst of circumstances, I'm going to demonstrate how to go through bad circumstances. And I'm going to brag about what the good thing is. You know, pick the good thing. Even sometimes in circumstances, you may not be able to find you know, a big good thing, but you will find something good that comes out of it. And this is what Paul does. This is how Paul, we know later, says, I have learnt to be content. How has he learnt to be content in all circumstances? Because one, joy is not an emotion. Joy is a stance. Joy, we have joy no matter what happens. And number two, he chooses to look at the good of a situation. How is God going to turn this around for good? Now, I know sometimes that's hard and I know sometimes... It's very hard to work out how it's going to turn around for good, but I know that my God in all things works all things out for good. So there's got to be something in there that will work out. I love it where he talks about the people that are preaching. Did you hear that? And he's preaching about how some preach from envy and then some preach. And then he's like, you know what? That actually works out for good anyway because both of them are preaching. He's got this in this letter. Sometimes Paul is so passionate and so fiery that you miss, you almost feel like he's he's quite a passionate, fiery, judgmental person. But in Philippians, you can get these letters where he's just being Paul and he's beautiful and content and faith-filled. And I, I just, I love it. Now, over and over and over again, guys, the key text or the key term in this Philippians letter is joy. Joy. He says it over 19 times throughout the whole letter. Rejoice, joy, all these different um words that show this stance of joy no matter what is happening in your life. And he says this, um, and because of this, I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice for I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. He's got this essence that he is able in the worst of circumstances to stop and gain his perspective. You know, Maybe that's what you need to do right now. Maybe this is why you're listening to this podcast. God is calling you out of Philippians 1 to stop and to just gain the perspective of God in your situation. You may feel imprisoned. You may feel like everything's going wrong. You may feel like your business is failing. You may feel like everything is, you are in this imprisoned moment where you cannot escape. But you know what? God wants you to stop right now and say, you know what? I have joy. I have joy because I have Christ in my life. I have joy. I have a foundation of hope and faith. And just let that hope arise. 
right now. Why? Because this will turn out for your deliverance. Your God is bigger than any situation that you face today. And you've got to keep believing that. The thing that that, um, Paul did was he never let his mind be captured, even though his body was captured. He never let his spirit be trapped, even though his, his body's trapped right now. He can't get out of the house arrest, but he never lets his hope his spirit and his mind be trapped in these circumstances. And that's what he says in Philippians later. He says, I have learned to be content in all circumstances. Why? Because I've learned that my spirit and my mind and this resounding joy cannot be contained. Now, let me keep going. Um, I love this moment where he has this debate. And don't you love the fact that you know, you probably wouldn't have put these sort of debates in the letters of today. You'd probably only have the conclusions. But Paul actually, because there's no delete button in these letters, Paul actually shows the debate that he's having. You can imagine him writing. If he wrote this one, you know, you can imagine this writing this down and saying, I don't know, perhaps I do want to go to heaven because, you know, I get to see Christ. And, uh, but I do need to stay here because I need to take care of them. So, yeah, I don't know whether and he has this debate. And we are so grateful that Paul decides to stay um, in this moment. I love it. It says, for, for to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. He's like, you know what? I'm positive even about death. He says, if I am alive, great. I get to be with you. If I die, great. I get to be with Christ. Um, and he says, If I'm to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? He's like, I've just had such a positive reflection even on death that I'm I'm happy to be alive or I'm happy to die. What an incredible um, testimony to, I don't like the saying, the power of positive thinking, because that sounds like you can positive your way out of things. I like the the, the power of Christ-mindedness. And that's why in, in Philippians 2, I'm going to show you that this isn't the power of positive thinking. This is the power of having a mind like Christ, that even though Christ was emptied, we're going to see this in Philippians 2, he rejoiced. And Paul is saying, you know what, even though I've been emptied right now, even though I'm I'm in prison and everything seems like in the natural it's going bad, I know that just like Christ, I can have Christ-like minded in this situation and know that there is joy in it. Now, let me keep going. He says, convinced of this, I know that I will remain. I'm so grateful that a statement is in Philippians and that Paul did not say, you know what, I'm going to go and be with Christ. Why? Because he he just had this beautiful, positive, and Matt, that's, that's what we've got, guys. Can I just say, you know, I've just faced this battle and um, I realize that just like how Paul is saying here, death is not a fear to us. Death is not something that we should fear. Death is a beautiful opportunity that we go and be with Christ. Yes, we will miss our families, but just like Paul's saying, we get to go and be with Christ. Even death is not negative to a Christian. And I love that. Now it says, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Paul always has an action to his thinking. It says, for it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ. Now listen to this. It has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him. Since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had and now hear that I still have. See, in Paul's thinking, blessing and suffering aren't opposing ends of the spectrum. And I think sometimes in Christian teaching today, we can have the blessing of God is when everything goes well. And if you are suffering, then you are being punished. That is not Pauline or Bible teaching at whatsoever, because in Paul's thoughts, to be in Christ, to believe in Christ is partners, partnered with suffering. 
Sometimes we are going to walk through things that we simply don't understand why. Sometimes we are going to walk through things where we are going to question what is going on, but that does not separate us from the love of God. Like he says in Romans, nothing separates me from the love of God, neither heights nor depths, nor angels nor demons. He says, even though you may be going through something right now, and he says, that is still the call of God over your life and God will turn it around. So guys, I want to encourage you in Philippians, no matter what you are going through, you can rejoice in in prison and you can have a joy in adversity. When God speaks to Paul, and I love these this session where Paul really talks about being content in all things, we can have joy no matter what we face. Today you can have joy vacuuming. Today you can have joy maybe on a bus going to work. You have joy. Joy is not an emotion that is temporary. Joy is a permanent state of us in Christ.